Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Adad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a late Sunday evening, Monday morning. Sorry we couldn't get a Victory Sunday podcast up to you a little earlier. Such is the calendar this time of year with so many events happening. We just had to make it work when we could, but we're glad you've joined us now. Be it at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcast, we appreciate you being part, making us part of your day. We also appreciate our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churning Spoon Ice Cream. Great people over there. We want to thank them as always. Hopefully, you, if you came up here this weekend for some baseball, you went by and uh, got yourself warmed up because you sure needed it on Friday. Friday was cold. Yeah. yeah. That I, was... I'm, I'm officially getting old, by the way. Let me tell you how I can tell. Because I was cold from when I got home for like two more hours. Like, I was just chilled. Yeah, and it wasn't as cold on Saturday, but I told my wife, um, after you know that when I got home, I was like, I feel like I've been cold for two straight days now. Yeah, like out at the park and then back out at the park, and yeah, I, I got home and I was just still kind of I, I couldn't warm up. I'm just I'm with you, man. Getting old, blood's getting thin. Yeah, it's only downhill from here, man. It, it really is. Don't 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 <laughs> don't don't even don't even get joke about that. I uh, also want to thank our good friends over at College Corner or collegecornerstore.com when you shop online. They have two locations in the Jackson area, however, if you're down that way. You can uh, go over to Ridgeland, buy Fleet Feet, or buy the Half Shell and Flowwood. Check out their incredible selection of Mississippi State merchandise, hats, T-shirts, hoodies, uh, memorabilia. They've got it all up there. Make your house look like a maroon and white fortress so that when somebody walks in, you, you make your intentions known right off the bat. Don't come in this house saying some any, any dirty words like, you know, hotty toddy or to the top. Don't better you come in here cursing and screaming about my mama than you say those words. That's what I'm saying. Mm. So and you can do that when you make your house look great with stuff from college corner. We didn't thank our servicemen and women either, by the way. I'm gonna make sure never never forget that. Did we thank Strange Brew? I'd like to thank Strange Brew. We I did just, thank them, but would you care to thank them again? Yeah, well, I, I, I live in thanks to Strange Brew. I know they they, they, they kept you. Since, they were keeping you warm on Friday. They they were and. uh since I became a dad, they just keep me powered. Uh, so, you know, I really did. I used to not drink coffee a ton. I'd go by, I'd go by Strange Brew and get hot chocolate and things like that from time to time. But uh, yeah, it, it took becoming a father to mm-hmm. uh, realize I've got to have a little extra caffeine in my life, a little extra shot and, of that uh, juice. So yeah, uh, even though we've already thanked you, um, Strange Brew. Well, thank you. I'd again. like to thank you again. Very good. All right, big weekend for MSU sports, and a lot of winning uh, was involved on the men's side of things. We'll talk about basketball a little later in the show. Big win for the uh, the Bulldogs. There, it keeps me doing that column one more week. If they had lost, I was going to exit. Just like, oh, <laughs> one time was good enough, I guess. But we'll do another one uh, later today. But we will start with baseball. Um, just overall takeaways for you from opening weekend. The thought that first comes to mind is I think you saw a glimpse this weekend that this team's ceiling is absolutely a national championship. Yeah. I mean, there there is – I think if this team plays to its absolute peak, it is a national champion. Now, I mean, it's baseball. You don't always play to your peak. Other teams, you know, get hot at the end. You don't know what's going to happen. And I get it's three games against Wright State. But just bear with me here for a minute. The – most concerning start of the weekend came from JT Ginn. If JT Ginn is your biggest worry in the starting rotation, I think you're going to be just fine. Now, I know Eric Sarantola wasn't exactly just lights out on, on Sunday. He kind of had to be Houdini out there and dance around a couple of messes. 
but you see the stuff. Mm-hmm. That second inning of his was beautiful. Yeah, it really was. If he if he can string three, four of those together in a game, holy cow, he's the best Sunday starter in the country. Uh, the uh, I guess it was Bart and, and Matt uh, on the the broadcast today as I was watching it. Um, was talking a little bit about Kumar Rocker last year for yeah. Andy, and, and was talking who threw a hundred pitches on Saturday, by the way. Yeah, on the first start of the season, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, like last season, he he kind of battled some command stuff early in the year, and then by the end of the year, he's what best pitcher, one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher, going yeah. in the country. And they they were just talking about how about Sarantola, how if he harnesses it, he could have like a Kumar Rocker type. I don't want to put words in their mouth. I can't remember exactly how they said it, but basically that he could end up being one of the best pitchers in the SEC. Yeah. And he could be, as your Sunday starter. Yeah. Holy cow, Christian McLeod. Fantastic. I mean, he may end up being the best starter on this staff. No offense to JT Ginn, who I, if he's at the top of his game, we saw what he could be last year. Um, And, you know, I know you look at pitch count-wise, and JT, they pulled him a little earlier than the other two. If you didn't see what Chris Lamona said, um, I guess it was after Saturday's game, JT's a little bit behind those other two guys as far as stretching his arm out. Yeah, he he said that as it has worked out over the course of, of spring and and stuff, whenever it's time for JT to get his work in, his work has always come on the really cold days and things and Starkville and and the other guys have just kind of had better weather and they they've been stretched out a little bit better. So, um, so I there there's that too. I, I think when when JT again gets. Some good weather and some. I think JT Ginn's fine. Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I agree. With that. I, that's not anything I'm worried about. I agree but beyond with that. that, you look at all the question marks we had about this team coming into the weekend, and to some extent, they were all answered a little bit. I thought bullpen. I mean, there were some moments. Landon Sims had butterflies on on Friday, and mm-hmm. and, and but he bounced back on Sunday. Looked dominant. Pitched really well. Uh, you know, uh, Carlisle Costler didn't look all that great in his, in his second inning on, on Friday. I mean, you can pick out some things here and there to where you're like, well, this one... But that's baseball. You're always going to be able to pick out an inning here or a pitch there or a swing here or a boot there. It's just, that's, that's the nature of the game. What else were we worried about? Third base, Cameron James. He looked like maybe the best player on the team. I, really, I, I mean, really impressive this week. He was just outstanding. His glove, his arm, his bat. I think he's hitting 455. I think he's tied with Rowdy for the best batting average on the team coming yeah. out of the weekend. Rowdy um, Jordan, by the way, I don't know if, if this is accurate. I'm just making this stat up maybe, but I'm pretty sure he had more hits this weekend than he had in all of February last year. Because <laughs> he struggled out the game oh, last yeah. year. Yeah, I And mean, this weekend he, he looked like he was just already in the groove. I think it was that game over at Samford last year, like a month in, yeah. that he kind of busted loose a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, Logan Tanner. Look great, both yeah. offensively and defensively. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, <laughs> may, you look statistically. I think Justin Foscue come out of the weekend hitting one eighty two. Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of a JT Ginn situation. If, if Justin Foscue is what you're worried about offensively, I think you're fine. Um, I, I tell you what, man, they looked really good, and I know it's right state, but I. I I think y'all asked the press this question at the press conference on on Sunday after the game of Chris Lamonis, like, what did you not see yeah. or what? And he was like, I kind of saw everything I wanted to see. Yeah, and I kind of agree. I, I played don't, a lot of guys, got everybody some at bats, got plenty of, of guys some innings, some out, some some opportunities. I mean, as you know, playing a team that's you know, Wright State. I'm sure they'll they'll. I would think they're going to be better when they get out of Starkville. You know, they were a good team last year. 
they'll probably be, you know, push for the, uh, what are they in the horizon or the They mid- won the horizon league horizon last league. year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they'll the push for that title high. again. Um, but they, they were just, you know, State did a good job of handling them this weekend. Sarantola had really uh, sort of an interesting quirk or whatever it was. I don't know if you saw me tweet about it, but once he got out number one, his next two batters were out number two and three. So even in the innings, he got in trouble. As soon as he got an out, he was okay. And I, I have to think that's some sort of, sort of confidence issue with him that he, he once he gets that first out, he's fine. But he, he, he presses a little when he lets guys on base. And I don't know if that's the case or not, but – you know, you saw some of the issues he had a season ago, but what you saw this year that was different was he was able to battle through those and get guys out yeah. afterwards. Here's something else with uh, Sarantola and, and McLeod. Um, they both they faced a uh, small sample size alert, I know that, but they faced a combined total of 34 batters. Mm-hmm. Both of them faced 17 each. Only five put the ball in play against McLeod, and I think only six did against Sarantola. So only 11 of the 34 batters that both those guys faced yeah. put the ball in play. A total of four walks in there, I believe. I think so. Yeah. And a ton of strikeouts. Yeah. And so it's 19. I mean, no duh here, but if teams aren't putting the ball in play, um, you're probably doing okay as long as you're not walking the park. Right. And that's the thing with Sarantola. As long as he doesn't walk the park, he's going to be fine because he's just tough to hit. Uh, I, I, man, they got the chance to be really good. <laughs> I, I I don't want to be too hot takey after one three game series against Wright State, but I don't think it's it's not just the name on the front of the jersey. You know, sometimes in in other sports, college football, for instance, sometimes I think they just know Notre Dame's going to have a field a team so let's put them in the top 25 you know I, I think sometimes it it's that way you know with Kentucky basketball they're going to field a team this year so they got to be a top 25 team um Mississippi State you know has built a national brand with baseball but and I know they're a consensus top 10 team it ain't just because they got Mississippi State on the front of the jersey Th- these boys are they, we kind of knew they were good and like, but like Chris Lamona said in his press conference on Sunday it's good to see them go out there and show it and there was a lot of really good that came out of the weekend. Yeah. And uh, I, I I can't wait to see – I know there's a game before this, but I can't wait to see how they measure up against Oregon State next weekend. Let's talk about the one negative of the weekend. That's Tanner Allen uh, taking a foul ball off. We, we I think everybody in the press box had a different angle of that. I thought it went off his thigh. Some yeah. people said his knee. Some people said his ankle. Some people said his foot. It ended up being the knee. Uh, had to sit out both games uh, – Talked to Lamonis afterwards. He said that he thought he was he felt better on Sunday than he did on Saturday. They're just going to be careful with him. I would I don't know that he'll even play. I don't think he'll play against Samford on Tuesday. I think they'll try to hold him for the weekend. But that's a big piece, you know. You don't want a nagging injury this early in the season, especially when you look at you know how potent that lineup can be when you can go Jordan Westberg Allen Foscue and then have Hatcher down towards the bottom of the order. With can't with what appears to be Cameron Jane setting up the table for him there, that's, that 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 lineup. Seeing how the new guys played, seeing how James and Tanner, Landon Jordan, the way those guys uh, hit the ball this weekend, the the lineup could be better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, now and, you know it's it's just week one, but I saw a lot of you saw a lot of good things from this team. Yeah, and I I don't actually I think I can pull it up on like two clicks here. Um, I, I was gonna say. The one guy that really didn't hit all that well was Brandon Pimentel, and he's the one yeah. that they're they're the highest on with his bat. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think you really know really need to worry about him too much either. Um, 
if Cameron James gives you that with a bat and Logan Tanner gives you that with a bat, you have no weakness yeah. in the starting nine as far yeah. as your lineup. I mean, and Pimentel hit some some hard balls this weekend. Yeah, he just you know a couple one thing went off somebody's glove for an error that could have been a base hit. He did hit it. He had a a, a long double uh, today. I mean, he just he had a lot going on. Yeah. Back to Tanner Allen though. I th- yeah. I don't think there's anything at all major with that. Doesn't sound like it. I kind of get the impression that you know if state was if this was June and this was a regional or super regional or something he'd be out there. I, I kind of get that impression. Uh, that's me guessing a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I mean I I saw him uh, Saturday. I think it was standing there in line for the anthem, and I mean you couldn't tell anything with that. Part of that that deal is he's a right fielder now, so ball gets hit in the gap. Mm-hmm. He got to sprint and get the thing. You know, if he was still playing first, you could probably I, I hide thought it a that L- Lamonis mentioned that about running around in the outfield, and I, I almost asked the question, and I decided not to. But was if he was still at first, could he have played? You know, and I think I think you're right. I think the answer is is yes to that. That they just they felt like his mobility might be a little limited, or even worse, running on it. Yeah, might you know a, a ball hitting the gap, which there were a couple, as I recall. Might have might have aggravated there. So B- bottom line, game two and three of a fifty six game regular season mm-hmm. against Wright State, you don't need him out there. No, I, I agree. Mean, the weather's a little bit chilly, so yeah, yeah. Uh, take a take a couple days. You know, there's there's a there's fifty three regular season games left, plus an SEC tournament, plus probably a regional, plus probably a super regional, plus everybody hopes Omaha. So yeah. no need to be pushing things on February the sixteenth. No, I uh, agree. So yeah, I, I think everything's okay with with old Tanner. What? Who was the the most impressive player to you this weekend? Cameron James. Well, I, I say that. That's not who that I was McLeod. Say. Yeah, but the Christian McLeod would have been my answer. But I I didn't realize. I I guess I didn't have that high of a expectation for Cameron's bat, and that's not to say he can't hit. I just I heard so much about his glove, his glove, his glove, and his arm uh, over the course of of the last few weeks coming into the season. No one really mentioned anything about his bat, and yeah. then he comes out and has maybe the best offensive weekend of anyone. And just looks so comfortable. Yeah. And we talked to him after the game on Sunday, and it was like talking to – I'm not going to say like talking to Mangum. Mangum's a different kind of, of cat, but he just seemed very comfortable to be an 18-year-old kid talking to us and, and just answered all of our questions and didn't seem to have – didn't have a whole lot of ums and ahs and you knows in there. Just just seemed like a very sharp – and ahead of his age, kind of kid. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of the last Mississippi State baseball player I, that I talked to that wasn't really a pretty good interview. State's kind of had a been pretty fortunate here lately. Yeah. It seems like it seems like about everybody from the young the youngins on up just come here and pretty good at, at the, at the talking sharp. game. They're I don't sharp. know what it is, but yeah. Cameron both played, and you talked to him. I, I didn't today. I went, I went at the park today. But uh, seems wise beyond his years and talented beyond his years and things, too. But but to the other one, Christian McLeod, I mean. You got to see why they had confidence. Yeah. Yeah, because that's all. That's been my question about Christian McLeod this whole time because he hadn't thrown a pitch in the SEC. Hadn't thrown a single pitch that counted before Saturday's game. But yet. No matter who you talk to, it was like, oh, we're fine on Saturday. Yeah. It's Christian McLeod. Yeah. I mean, well, and, now and, you know why. and I kind of didn't, 
I, I don't want to say that I sold him short, but I, it's one of those deals where okay, well, there's well, yeah. been there's been a lot of freshmen that you say that about, and then then you come out and a start or two in, you see there's some things to work out. Right. He looked like he's been doing this for three or four years. I mean, he just walks out there and dominated Wright State. Again, it's with the caveat that Wright State ain't LSU and Arkansas right. and everything, and, and we'll see how he does when the competition rises a little bit. But, boy, just based on stuff, based on composure, uh, based on pretty much anything, I, I don't know how you could come away thinking that State's just fine on Saturdays after seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and good for him too, man. Um, to to miss all of last year was probably going to be a weekend starter last year, at least a midweek guy, mm-hmm. um, if not more than than a midweek guy. And and then to to miss all the year and and finally get the chance to go out there, just a cool story. And then goes out there and dominates in his first chance to to uh, to be out there. He told us after the game on Saturday that he only got to come up for I think he said nine or ten games last year mm-hmm. to, to see them play. He was at home most of the semester um, dealing with his illness and things. And uh, So anyway, he, he gets out there and he, he, he's... He, he, he makes you want to think that Mississippi State's got one of the best rotations in the country. <laughs> and if he pitches like that and if Sarantola can just command his stuff just a little bit, they do. Uh, again, McLeod, Sarantola, I'm interested to see here in three months when we're sitting here talking about these guys. Are we talking about how they are the best rotation in the country, or are we talking about how uh, at Wright State series it was just because it was Wright State? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But. We'll see. Let's look around the country real quick. Mississippi State should be moving up in all polls. A lot of te- a lot of movement in front of them. I use the D1 baseball poll. I'm not sure what Joel uses, but that's my go-to. But three teams above Mississippi State each took two losses this weekend, including the number one and number two teams in the polls. Uh, as we know, Louisville lost two out of three to Ole Miss this weekend. Big big wins for the Rebels, uh, especially especially to win that series after Nikhazy yeah. loses game one. You wouldn't think that would happen, but it did. Uh, Vandy take, drops two out west this weekend. They lose to Michigan in a rematch of the uh, national title series. And then on Sunday, uh, fell behind Cal Poly, got the lead, and then blew it in the ninth uh, and lost 9-8. to eight. So they're 1-2 and two on the weekend. And then Arizona State, in that same tournament, or I don't know what that was out out west, but they had a bunch of teams playing each other. Anyway, Arizona State wins uh, two games, one against Villanova, two against Villanova. They lose one to Villanova and then lose one to Michigan as well. So they're two and two. State, of course, was ranked tenth in the D one poll. So you have to think they'll jump up to seventh or eighth or something like that. Not well, I don't know. You know, would, are they going to drop ahead of go ahead of Louisville and Vanderbilt? That seems unlikely. So they may not move at all. They might move. They'll move ahead of Arizona State. I'm calling eighth. That's what I'm saying. They'll, they'll they'll finish eighth, eighth in this poll. That's 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 my prediction. So and we'll see what else. I, I mean, obviously with no losses, they'll they'll remain a consensus top ten team. But it will be interesting to see where where they end up. Man, Texas Tech can can mash the baseball. They they won four games this weekend: five one, twenty four three, twenty two four, fourteen three. I mean, those are football scores. I don't know about twenty two four, but still. Uh, also in the top ten, Miami undefeated, Florida undefeated, Georgia undefeated, Arkansas undefeated. Heston Kirst had four home runs on the weekend. He, that guy's really, really good. Auburn uh, undefeated, and then I mentioned uh, Arizona State. In the SEC, LSU was 2-1. and one. They lost one game out of three to Indiana. Uh, anyway, Texas A&M was 3-0 on the weekend. They took three from Miami of Ohio. 
And then Ole Miss was 25th, and like we mentioned, they took two out of three from the number one team in the nation, Louisville. Should be another looks like it's gonna be another fantastic year of baseball here in the yeah. Magnolia State. Southern Miss got a sweep this weekend as well, so good weekend here in uh, Mississippi. We didn't we didn't talk about this a minute ago. Uh, something else that I thought was State might need Luke Hancock to get a little more healthy. Yeah, I agree. We, with we that. didn't talk about that, but yeah, well, they played twenty seven innings this weekend. Logan Tanner caught twenty four of them. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I think that's a little much, probably for a freshman catcher. Yeah, and and Hancock is apparently a little bit banged up, and you could see that in the way he threw. Yeah. On Friday. Uh, so I, I think that for his sake and for states, I mean, they'd like to balance out the playing time a little bit more. And and I don't think it's anything serious, or else he wouldn't start at opening day going out there. But uh, anyway, that was just one one more observation to throw in there that for the long haul, I think you would like. Hancock to be a little healthier, of course, and and, and split that up a little bit. You I don't agree. want to wear down Logan Tanner. He, you know, it's something when you go from high school playing. Gosh, I don't know how many they play in high school nowadays, but it's not fifty six regular season games. And uh, man, I tell you what, if if Logan Tanner has to catch every single game, yeah. he's going to be worn out Who by was the that? first of March. Was it Mitch Slaughter? Oh, that caught in that SEC tourney and caught yeah. like every day in a hundred and something degree heat in yeah. Hoover. Yeah. Was that him? Was that him? Or was it him? was it Amarati? I think it was Slaughter. I think it was Slaughter. It was Slaughter yeah. in twenty twelve when they when they won when, it when they won it. I believe was that the same year as the ridiculous seventeen nineteen inning game or whatever it was against Missouri. I don't think it was the same year. Okay, I don't think so. Right? No, it wasn't the same year. Okay, it wasn't. Okay, Slaughter caught like almost every game that year. Yeah. So we'll see where it takes us. All right, let's switch over to basketball. Uh, Mississippi State. Gets the win they need. I think we have to look at this sort of big picture. We got to look at it from ten thousand feet. If we go back to last week and say they're going one and one this week, I think everybody's okay with that because everybody thinks okay they'll beat Ole Miss and lose to Arkansas and that's not that big a deal. And so even since it's reversed and it was such an embarrassing loss to your rival, people are taking it a little harder. But at the end of the day, they're one and one. They just picked up another quadrant one win. Um, their net somehow dropped after a victory to fifty two, but. All that tends to shake itself out in the end, and then the, the we're sort of back to where we were a week ago. If State just handles their business the rest of the way, they're going to be fine. They have an opportunity for another Quadrant 1 win that has sort of popped up on the schedule, and that's when they play at South Carolina. South Carolina, I think, let me double-check this here. I had it just a second ago. Yeah, they're 64th right now in the net. So a road win at South Carolina will be a Quadrant 1 win, another chance for a decent win, assuming South Carolina doesn't bottom out between now and that game, which I believe is the second-to-last game of the season. Uh, before the season finale against Ole Miss. 78-77, Abdul Adu, with his penchant for big moments, <laughs> decides that he wants to get his one bucket of the game on a putback with six-tenths of a second left to give the Bulldogs a win, a game where they blew a 17-point lead. And at that point, you know, State's, I think, up eight at the half. They extend the lead out to 17 Arkansas starts chipping away at it and finally gets the lead. And I think at that point, I know that in the press box, it certainly was the, the mood of, okay, th- that's that's going to be that. We're going to start talking about the NIT with this team. But State found a way uh, to get back in it. Reggie Perry, another solid game for him, 17-8. and eight. But the, the story of the game was Tyson Carter, who after an incredibly sl- sluggish and slow and terrible road slate so far, explodes for 26 points. Uh, made a couple of huge three-pointers, but more importantly was able to drive. He took over the point guard role and was able to drive to the basket continually, get to the line, create contact, 
and and State was able to to pick and roll Arkansas sort of to death, which you think they would be able to do considering the uh, the height advantage. Nick Weatherspoon, not not another great game for him. Just did not play that well to the point where I'm starting to wonder. And he did it again, by the way, Howland. Iverson Molinar has eight points in 11 minutes in the first half, and then he doesn't play in the second half. If, if he played in the second half, he played a minute. I'm starting to wonder if you got to ch- make another change here. Maybe bring Tyson back to the starting lineup as the point guard and let Nick play the two. After the last two games that we've witnessed, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you might need to do something. Uh, Nick Weatherspoon has just been a... He he played a couple of really good games in a row. Yeah, he had about and, four in a row. Really. Yeah, two or three, and he has had just two stinkers. Uh, I I don't know what it. I don't have his numbers in front of me. You may, but obviously, Ole Miss was. I mean, self admittedly from Nick, the worst game he ever played. And then sitting there watching it in the press box um, on Saturday. It didn't look much better from right. just an optics perspective. Probably from a, nu- a numerical perspective, it had to be a little bit better. But, but yeah, he, he has been not good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe getting back into the hump, maybe that'll settle him, him down a little bit or something. But Weatherspoon I, I, was ten points on five of nine shooting, so that's not terrible. But didn't draw a foul. Uh, had three assists to five turnovers. Minus seven was his uh, his plus minus rating. Just he just didn't play well, and he seems to be playing. He seems to be mentally in a place where his bad play is affecting him. He like he looks frustrated out there, and that's not going to work. You know, ten points for DJ Stewart, four Bulldogs in double figures. Stewart and Weatherspoon each with ten. Like I said, Perry with seventeen, uh, twenty six for Carter. Woodard not much for him. Not a good shooting day. Five points for him, but he did contribute five rebounds, couple of blocks, couple of assists. This was a good team win for Mississippi State. Uh, shot 59% from the field. Um, let me get the split box up here. Out-rebounded Arkansas by two. Uh, 16 turnovers is not a, is not great, but 10 of those are between uh, Perry and Weatherspoon. Actually, you know, three, 14 of them are between three players because Carter had four of his own. Um, you know... Arkansas had a, a decided advantage on the line. They were 23 of 26. State was only 15 of 22. So State could have easily put this game away a little bit earlier. At the end of the day, though, State had to win this game. 0-2 and it was over. Yeah. They were not going to go to the NCAA tournament. Now the dream is alive. Uh, the latest bracketology that came out on Sunday had State in the, lat- the, s- the next four out, yeah. which means they've got to- some climbing to do. But if they win their games, in all likelihood, they are going to end up in the NCAA tournament. If they, what 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 are they now in the conference? Um, seven and f- and five is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, so seven and five. If they finish twelve and six, they're in. That's I I, I can't not believe that that at twelve and six they're going to be in. You know they could probably lose one. It doesn't need to be at Texas A and M. It doesn't need to be at Missouri. You probably don't need to lose to Ole Miss at home. But if you lose to either game to South Carolina or to Alabama, you're probably going to be okay. The one thing I would say is this. I feel like State really could use a winning streak here. Win these, Go 2-0 and this week, and then whatever happens the rest of the way just sort of happens. But give yourself a little bit of breathing room. You know, what are they? they six, they're 16-9 and nine now. Is that right? 
be 18 and 9. At 18 and 9, you feel like you got a little little wiggle room, right? At 16 and 10, you just don't feel like you have it anymore. Yeah. So, because and, and honestly, if they were to lose to South Carolina on Wednesday, they don't have any more wiggle room. They have to win the rest of the games. They're kind of dancing along this path right now where they're going to get to the SEC tournament and probably need to win a couple. It just probably to, won't hurt them just to, to feel game. just to feel safe. It won't hurt them to make it to Saturday. I'll put it that <laughs> way. And they'll have a chance to to do that. I mean, this is a team. Honestly, this team matches up with just about anybody. And when they play their best, they're capable of beating anyone. You look around the SEC, Auburn dropped a game this weekend. They dropped. They lost to Missouri. LSU lost a game. Um, who do they lose to? Alabama. Um, you know, Kentucky had to go down to the wire with Ole Miss. So everybody is beatable in this guy. There's no, there is no, you know, runaway favorite here. Anybody, the SEC tournament this year, I mean, you look back at last year, and I think we all thought LSU, really good, Tennessee, really good, and Auburn was just the hottest team at that point. This year, I mean, unless somebody heats up in these final weeks, there's no team where you just say, okay, they're the, the odds on favorite to win the SEC tournament. It's probably Kentucky because they'll have the home court advantage, even in Nashville. But anybody can beat anybody in this league. There, there's never been this much parity, unfortunately, for the league. It's not good parity because everybody is beating everybody, and you don't have, you don't. I mean, even though you have some teams with pretty decent records, there's no. This isn't a good league. This is probably what a five bid league. LSU, Auburn, and Kentucky will get in, and then of the Florida, Arkansas, Alabama, Mississippi State group, one will get in for sure, and then maybe two. It kind of feels like Arkansas is in. Getting in bad shape, right? They are, but they're they're still ahead of state in the in the net. They're in the they're forty. I just had it up. Uh goodness, I just had it up. I think they were forty four, which is not great, but it, it means that if they win some games down the road, forty. Yeah, they're forty four. That net, man. There's just no rhyme or reason to it. It feels. I like. don't understand the, the philosophy about it. I mean, Florida's at thirty six. Alabama is at thirty five. So. Yeah, I mean, state, state getting a win over – what is it to get a top quadrant one? Top what? Uh, if, you, if you're playing on your home floor, you have to be playing a top 30 team. If, so, you're, if you're neutral, it needs to be a top 50, and on the road, a top 70, I believe. You need, you need Alabama to win a couple more games. That'll give you another quadrant one win if you could beat them. So some, some late-season opportunities you didn't think you were going to have if you're Mississippi State um, with the way they're playing right now. So – they're very much still on the tightrope. They don't have a ton of room either way. They're, they're not all the way back in the corner, but they can see the corner from where they're standing. They, they don't have a lot of give. But if they could win, like I said, if they could go 2-0 and this week and be 18-9 and going into the next week, then you feel like you got a little bit of breathing room. You're probably up on another line. You're probably into the last four out or maybe even into the last four in, depending on what happens around you, especially if you can – you know, just if Alabama could drop a game or Florida could drop a game or something like that. And Florida doesn't appear like they're going to bottom out to the, uh, under 70. So that quadrant one win is pretty safe. I, I don't think Arkansas is going to bottom all the way out. So that's, that quadrant one win is pretty safe. And then you have some opportunities, like I said, with at South Carolina to get another one. And then you, just, you know, see what happens with Ole Miss. That, that could end up being a quadrant two win, which you know a few weeks ago looked like it might not be that at all. So when, I'm talking about when you play them at home, if you're able to beat them there. So, again, the they don't have a ton of wiggle room, no, no room for error, but they, they did what they had to do on Saturday. You put me on the spot 
the other day. I'll put you on the spot now. Yeah. This team, they make the tournament. I'm gonna say yes by the skin of their teeth, and I don't I won't be surprised if they go to Dayton for the first four. But I think they're better than they're better. They're more talented, I'll say, than every team remaining on the schedule. They should be able to win those games. And if they can finish 13 and 5, well then you're not then you're talking about you might be a 10 or a 9 seed and you're you know you don't really want to be a 9 seed. I guess you'd rather be a 10. But yeah, you got some opportunities there. So I think they'll get in, but it's going to be it's going to be razor razor thin. Yeah. Well, so. I, I said yes last time you asked, so they've won a game since then. So I guess I've got to stick. You, you got to yes. stick with that, absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, Joel has already tweeted this, but we'll make mention of it again. We are moving the rumblings up until t- for tomorrow's show. The reasons being, on Tuesday uh, we do have baseball that evening. Joel will be at that. I will be in Oxford on Tuesday. I know it is a terrible place, but we have a uh, hey, we have a great remote at the uh, brand new M Trade Park out there. That, that their brand new facility. They're they're having us out there. So looking forward to. Heading up there and, and seeing some of those folks and meeting with them. And uh, and then on Wednesday, we have the 8 o'clock baseball game. So it's, Basket, just make, basketball. basketball, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, so it just makes sense. Let's do the rumblings tomorrow so we can get those in. Uh, we'll do our positional breakdown later in the week as well. Uh, we'll talk about the running backs uh, this week. And uh, anything else that pops up, obviously, we're going to talk about it here on Thunder and Lightning. Hey, one yeah. thing we didn't talk about, any women's basketball thoughts? You knew this team was eventually going to have a stinker on the road, and they did. Yep, against, um, against a good team, <laughs> against a good a ranked team. Um, but you know they played so well against uh, South Carolina, even in defeat. They hammered Tennessee on the road. They they beat Georgia pretty convincingly on the road. You knew eventually it was going to catch up to them, and this was a day where they just didn't make shots. They just did not make shots. Um, and until you know they're going to have you know. They have that inconsistency. They don't have a go-to. They can't just drop drop it into Tierra, or they can't just pass it to Victoria and expect her to do it. You know that that person hasn't made themselves known. I mean, Danbury's a pretty reliable scorer. Uh, Bibby can be a reliable scorer. Matharu and and and, the, and you know even Maya Taylor showed you in the Texas A and M game she can be a scorer. But they just don't have they don't have an alpha dog. This team does not have an alpha dog. There's not one person we're just like. Shot clock, shot clock is at five. I want the ball in her hands. That that person doesn't exist right now. So they they've overachieved to be what are they twenty two and four? Yeah, they've overachieved to be I think to that's that right. point something in four. Yeah, and and you look at the rest of the way. The only game they have that's really tough the rest of the way is against Arkansas, and that game is in Starkville, I believe. I have to double check that. I hate to. Uh, I'm gonna do that while I'm I'm sitting here because I don't I don't know if that's correct or not. But you know. Yeah, look at the rest schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, they they play Alabama on Sunday here. Uh, they play uh, Arkansas on Thursday, the twenty seventh, and then they finish the season at Ole Miss. They do have a, a game at Auburn. Auburn was tough here in Starville, so I mean potential trip up there. But you think State will be able to handle that? State should be four and zero to finish the year. So I mean, if you're telling me in a transition year where you lost all that talent from a season ago and you're playing so many young people, you only have one senior on the roster, and you're going to go. 26 and 3 26 and 4 I'm sorry yeah and that's your transition year okay I, I think we can all live with that some people are killing me on Twitter talking about Vic and his rotations and like guys what does this guy have to do to earn your trust like I understand you know I, I'm like I said I'm always the last guy to say trust the coach but like somebody like Joe Moorhead had not earned my trust 
that I should just be trusting the coach. Okay? Even Ben Howland to that degree has not earned my trust that I just trust the coach. I trust Vic Schaefer. The man's played for two national titles and has built a program capable of winning one very, very soon. I'm going to trust the coach on his rotations there. Yeah, and, I, and you see it all the time. Yeah. When, when it, he just adjusts mid-game. and I, I, I say the same thing every time. This is a guy who benched Victoria Vivians for an NCAA tournament game. So don't, don't you know, I'm not going to get in that man's business. I, I, I'm going to trust the coach, and, you know, in his rotations there. So, you guys have a great Monday. Joel and I'll be back with you on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Ooh. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.